Blog Talk Radio. people and welcome to the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewitt and I want to thank you for starting your day with us. This morning we have Mary Ann Dell. You know her as our children's book reviewer. She always finds the best books about animals and even though they're for kids, these books are lots of fun for everyone. Then later, pet expert and veterinarian Dr. Al Townshend will be chatting with us about the holistic pet lifestyle trend and the benefits of holistic nutrition for our canine and feline companions. It's going to be a fun and informative show, so get comfy, call your pets over to you, and we'll get started right after this very short break on KGIL Retro 1260. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Place Radio Show on AM 1260 and 540. I'm Marie Hewitt, and I'm always pleased to introduce Marianne Dell, who is joining us now. Hi, Marianne. Hi, Marie. How are you? I am doing really well, and I'm really excited to hear about these books that you've reviewed. Yeah, we've got some good ones again, as always. Well, you should like the first one. It's called Protecting Marie, (laughs) but it has nothing to do with you. Oh, okay. (laughs) It's by Kevin Hanks. $5.99 Five ninety nine for ages eight to twelve, and it's published by Green Willow Books. Okay. And it's about Fanny Swan. She's a twelve year old girl who really lives in a lot of fear, and it's mostly of her dad. Her dad is a perfectionist. Hmm. Who's an older father? As the book starts, he's just turned sixty, and his age isn't really what causes the gulf between him and his daughter. It's his way of looking at things. He just wants his house to be perfect. He wants his life to be perfect. He's an artist, and he can't paint unless all the stars align. Oh, no. (laughs) And Fanny is one of those stars, and she actually does a pretty good job of trying to be a good daughter, but more than anything in the world, she wants a dog. And She once had a dog. Her father brought her a puppy, and as you might imagine, puppy did puppy things. And the chewing and the lack of house training, and much as she tried to bring the dog along, Fanny couldn't do it fast enough to keep her dad happy, and he insisted that they give the dog away. And so there's a lot of anger on Fanny's part toward her dad because, He won't let her experience something she desperately wants, the thing she wants more than anything in the world. But as it turns out, something wonderful happens, and Henry, her dad, comes to have, comes to take an older dog uh, who needs a home and brings this dog into his home. And fortunately, being an older dog, she already knows some behaviors like sitting down. She's house-trained. And she gets along quite well in the house. But Fanny can't help but thinking that the other shoe has got to drop at some point, and she just doesn't know if she's really going to be able to keep this dog. Oh, wow. And that's the story. And, you know, it it resolves, and I'll save the resolution for people to read. I don't like to completely give things away. But the story has a lot of wonderful aspects. Okay. It's got... Tucked in there is the story of how older dogs 
who need homes can be a wonderful addition if you don't want to go through all the hassles and headaches of raising a puppy and house training and chewing and puppy nipping and all that fun stuff. Yeah, and we're always promoting older pets on this show, so I'm glad. That's, That's right. good to hear it's in this book. You know, I love to I love my puppies, but I love to give older dogs homes and I love when people consider that because they're the ones who need it more than anything. As okay. you and I both know, there's plenty of older dogs languishing in shelters. There sure are. And if you're the kind of person who's a perfectionist like the father in this story, then a puppy is definitely the wrong pet for you. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, good. Well, let's go on. You have an interesting title here, Armadillo at Riverside Road. Yeah. <laughs> The Smithsonian has put out this series of books um, that they call Smithsonian Backyard Series, and they talk about, they're about the animals that we probably don't think too much about because they're not exotic like lions and tigers and elephants. You don't necessarily see them in zoos, but they're the animals that share our lives every day. Mm -hmm. uh, animals like groundhogs and geese and fireflies, bats, owls, turtles, and in this case, an armadillo. And this book, which has gorgeous illustrations, it, it's the, the illos are just lovely, uh, it takes us through a typical day of an armadillo. And, oh. you know, these really funny-looking little armored animals, um, it, we watch her wake up, we see where she stays is safely at night, we watch her try to get her meal, which consists of bugs and insects. Mm -hmm. And we also see her try to ensure that she doesn't become a meal for a coyote. So mm. the book not only is one for teaching children and adults who might not know very much about armadillos. Um, I didn't know that they subsisted on insects until I read this book. But it also teaches about the food chain, which is an important concept. That's right. And can also lead to discussions about our part in it, how we've changed it, how what we do to the world takes its toll on the animals that live there. It's it's a great book. I didn't see, I looked the series up online, and I didn't see one about coyotes, although coyotes mentioned in this book. Mm -hmm. But living here in Southern California, it, this is a great opportunity to explain why we have coyotes roaming our neighborhoods and how we have created that need for them because we've destroyed so much of their habitat. That's right. That's right. And we've created artificial food sources for them, too, by having outdoor cats and leaving pet right. food outside and all things like that. That's absolutely right. <laughs> and but that's a whole other conversation. Yes, it is. It is. And, I, you know, I was looking up armadillos a little bit more, and I stumbled across this website, which we can, we can post on the website. It's kind of a long one. I'd never be able to explain it here correctly because it's got tildes in it and all kinds of things. But... It's a, if you were to Google armadillo, I'm sure this would come up. Uh, it was put together by a postdoctoral fellow at the University of Minnesota who doesn't study armadillos. He does work in the zoology field, but he says that they've always interested him, and he thinks that they deserve our attention and people should learn more about them. Well, and sounds good. Yeah, it's an interesting site. It's got lots of info about them and pictures, and they are certainly one of the 
stranger-looking animals with whom we share the world. (laughs) Okay, let's talk about Jack and Jill, the miracle dog with a happy tale to tell. Well, I just love this book. Um, You might have heard this story. Jill Rappaport is a correspondent for the Today Show, and I know she's done some video on air about her dog, Jack, who was diagnosed with osteosarcoma in one of his front legs. Hmm. And that's bone cancer. And he wound up having to have the leg amputated, but um, did quite well afterward. You know, animals are amazing. You can cut a leg off a dog or a cat. And I haven't seen so many cats, but I've seen a lot of dog dog amputees, and they do just fine. Right. They They, they don't dwell on it. They move on. (laughs) No, my dog, Taylor, who looked a lot like Jack, actually, um, had osteosarcoma, and he actually lost half his jaw. Oh. Because that's where his was. And it was amazing. It didn't stop him in the least. That's he amazing. gobbled his kibble and anything else I gave him just fine. We really can learn a lot about attitudes from animals. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Um, and the cool thing with this is, is after Jack's surgery and illness and recovery, Rappaport started the Jack and Jill Fund which is designed to educate people about animal cancer and other diseases, and the money it raises goes to two groups, the Tales of Hope Foundation and the American College of Veterinary Internal Medicine Foundation. Oh, that's Um, wonderful. And the latter is near and dear to my heart because I work on their annual fundraiser out here, Pause for a Cure, that's coming up in September. Oh, when we get closer to that, we have to definitely talk about that some more. Absolutely. I would love to. We have some really cool honorary chair people helping us this year and some really neat, um, it's a really nice evening at an estate in Anaheim Hills a um, lot of fun, and the money goes to fund research into cancer. Um, and the the cool thing that animal and human doctors have realized over the past few years is it's really what they refer to as one medicine. What helps one species helps another. That's right. We all cancer is cancer, whether a dog or a cat or a person gets it. Mm-hmm. And treatments are very similar. The difference is simply in dosages that you get. Um, and so when we do research into animal cancer, we're not only helping dogs and cats and other species, we're helping humans, too. That's right. It's a very worthwhile cause. Yes, absolutely. Okay, let's so. talk about Opus <laughs> and the Red Chair. Okay, well, this one this one really appealed to me, too, because the author, Alice Howard Kosterich, uh, wrote this book as an homage to her dog who was diagnosed with cancer at four and died at age five. And profits from this book go to help the Animal Cancer Foundation, which is another organization that helps fund research into cancer in people and pets. And so, you know, there seems to be so much more cancer out there these days. I think really it's just that we actually will diagnose it now and people, instead of just assuming that, well, my dog is really sick. I can't do anything about it. I guess I'll have to put him down. We go to oncologists. We go to specialists. We treat. We have the, the, the disease diagnosed, and it's just as prevalent in animals as it is in us. I really like that a lot of the books you choose to review have these special causes that they benefit, and that's really a wonderful thing. So when you're buying a book for your child, you're helping out a worthwhile organization, too. 
And you can start right from that early age when you buy the book and you share it together with explaining this to your kids and get them tuned into charitable giving or charitable living from a very early age. That's right. That's a great idea to yep. share that with your children. Yep. And and something like this is a way to do it. You know, people think, oh, gosh, it's so hard with the economy. I can't really give. But you can do things like this. You can look for things that give you something, a nice story, which I will get to in just a second, <laughs> that you can share with your children. And in the same token, you're giving money to a worthy cause. It's a win-win situation. It really is. And, of course, like all of the books I choose, Opus has a really nice message in addition to that one. Okay, let's Opus, hear it. <laughs> Opus is a golden retriever who just has the most marvelous life in Boston. He lives with his mom and dad and his brother, a little boy named Petey. They take him to the commons every day. They take him to his favorite pet store where he gets to sneak some treats. And he has his favorite red chair at home, and he gets to snuggle in that. And then one day, all of a sudden, some men come into the house and pack up everything in the house, including his chair. Uh-oh. And they take it away. And Opus doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't know if he'll ever see his chair again. He's kind of frantic. Well, as you might guess, it turns out that the family is moving. And when they get to their new home, there's Opus's chair. There's all his belongings. There's everybody and everything that was in Boston in his new home. And it's a nice story for children who might be facing a move. And who are a little worried about mm-hmm. it. To help explain that there is continuity, that, yes, the house may change, the location may change, but the things that you love, your family, the things you have that you love, they will all come with you. So things don't completely change. Wow. Well, these were definitely some beautiful and touching stories, Marianne, and I'm so glad you're able to share new stories with us each month. It is time for our halftime break, but Dr. Al Townshend is stopping by next to talk about a holistic lifestyle for pets. So stay tuned for more Pet Place Radio here on Retro 1260. We're back on the Pet Place Radio Show with veterinarian Dr. L. Townshend. Welcome to the show, Dr. L. Thank you, Marie. It's a pleasure to be here. So tell me a little bit about your background before we get into the meat and potatoes here. Well, I've been a veterinarian for 30, 35 years and had an animal hospital, a practice, a large practice in uh, in Maryland. Uh, I uh, sold that practice uh, five or six years ago and took a position as a consultant for the Well Pet Group uh, out of Philadelphia who own Wellness, uh, Holistic Select, and Eagle Pack Pet Foods, as well as Old Mother Hubbard Treats. Ah, okay, okay. And this is a holistic feeding program, isn't it? Yes, yes. All of our foods are really very as natural as they can be with regard to the way we make the foods. Actually, the holistic philosophy kind of guides us in uh, in how we make our foods, and we've been doing that for about 25 years now. So we were one of the first, if not the first, company to subscribe to a more natural and holistic pet food. And this seems to be an idea that really seems to be taking off right now. Why do you suppose more and more people are going down the holistic feeding trend? 
Well, you know, it is a very old philosophy. It dates back to about 500 years before the birth of Christ. But it has sort of had a resurgent. I think think consumers today have become much, much more aware of the value of a more natural and holistic uh, diet for themselves. And that certainly has... uh, has shown benefit to them, and now they're looking for pet foods that will give the same benefits to their pets. Well, what are some of the benefits that you can see when you start feeding your dogs and your cats a more natural or holistic uh, food source? Well, our the food that, that uh, I guess I'll use as an example is our Holistic Select recipe. Uh, holistic Select starts with concentrated proteins, fats, and carbohydrates that are highly digestible. The foods are meat-based because we all know dogs and cats are are carnivores. They're designed to to eat meat, and they do best when their nutrition or their calories come from meat. But we take it one step further. We we add what we call select actives or nature's power ingredients, and those are digestive enzymes, microorganisms or probiotics, phytonutrients, which come from fruits and vegetables Mm -hmm. that we add to our food, uh, as well as a highly bioavailable vitamin and mineral preparation in our food. And all of those added nutrients give tremendous benefit to the overall health and well-being of the animal. Uh, Those probiotics or or natural bacteria that are essential in in our digestive tract really enhance our immune system. And that's okay. the basis of this holistic philosophy is the prevention of disease. And certainly enhancing the immune system will really, really help to, to prevent problems and, and allow us and our pets to live a long, happy, and healthy life. So you might actually see a shinier coat, brighter eyes, uh, and more active pet. Are these the things you'd, you'd be noticing once you started a healthier diet? Well, that's, that's the end result. That's what that's what the pet parent will see in their pet: a happier, more active pet, one that is a bit more resistant to disease or the ravages of the environment because we have lots of antioxidants. We have lots of uh, essential fats, notably the omega-3 fats, which do uh, enhance the skin and hair coat, as well as uh, are are known to be a healthy heart supplement. Uh, they're also known to, to really help with the skin and hair coat as well. Okay. Do you have a diet that's specialized for senior pets? We do. We we have diets that are uh, life-stage diets, puppies, adults, and seniors. We also have diets specifically designed for large and giant breed puppies and adults, okay. as, as well as small and mini breed uh, puppies and adults. We also have weight management formulas. Oh, that's good. Yeah, there's and definitely a lot of obesity in uh, pets around my neck of the woods. <laughs> well, that's that's all over the country. The latest study indicated that there were about 44% of the dogs in North America that were overweight or obese. That probably goes hand-in-hand hand with obesity in human beings, too. I, I would suspect that it's pretty close. Yeah. Uh, I think... We, we treat ourselves many times like we like we treat our pets. Right, we, right. We overindulge we and we don't mm-hmm. exercise enough. Exactly. And of course, both of those go hand in hand. Okay. How do you know when your pet has had enough food? 
I know my dog always looks at me like, is that it? <laughs> I think that's the biggest problem is is when they look up at you with those beautiful brown eyes and they look back down at the bowl and they say, is that it? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard to uh, it's hard to turn that down and not give them a bit more. But uh, it's really, really important when it comes to feeding your pet that you, the goal would be to maintain a slightly lean body mass. So we should we should look a little bit on the lean side, and that's that's a good indicator of the health and well-being of the dog in general. I think that's a real subjective viewpoint, though. Maybe do you have some more specific guidelines for what is lean? I mean, can you feel the ribs, or or what are some tangible things to look for to make sure your dog is in shape or your cat? Very generally, it would be running your hands down the side of the of the rib cage and being able to just feel the ribs, being able to, without a lot of pressure, being able to feel the ribs. If you, you can't feel the ribs, there's probably a little bit too much padding there. Okay. <laughs> but that's a very general um, analogy or, or description. That can vary with breed. It can vary with with age and type of animal as well. Okay. Are there feeding guidelines on the packages to let you know one cup or two cups or anything like that based on weight of your pet? Yes, there are. There, there are always feeding guides on the uh, on the label on the back of the bag, and and those are measured in cups. Keep in mind that a cup is an eight ounce cup. Okay. Not that thirty two ounce big gulp. <laughs> <laughs> It's, a, it's okay. an eight-ounce cup. Where and, can people find information on where they could purchase the special food? It sounds really good. So is it everywhere? Well, the best uh, the best place to get information is, of course, on the Internet. Okay. And the, and the Holistic Select website is www.holisticselect.com. Okay. Dr. There Al? Is, there's information on the site. We also have a Holistic Select Pet Club. I would encourage everyone to join that club. There's additional information that comes to you via the Internet, as well as coupons for our food, too. Ah, very good. Well, I sure appreciate your time, and I want to thank you for being with us today. We do need to take our final break now, but don't go away because we'll be right back with Pet Place News and Events on Retro 1260. We're back on the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewlett, and it's time for Pet Place News and Events. The Irvine Animal Care Center is holding its ninth annual Pet Check and Fitness Challenge on Saturday, September 25th from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. at Woodbridge Community Park, located at Lake Road and Alton Parkway in the city of Irvine. In addition to a fun walk, plan on visiting with lots of adoptable pets, participating in contests and auctions, enjoying good food and entertainment, and so much more. For more information, go to www.irvineshelter.org and click on the Events tab. Well, that's all for me today. Remember, pets need love and a home, too. We'll be back next weekend here on Retro 1260. I'm Marie Hewlett. Please spare neuter your pets and have a wonderful day. Thank you.